Hello and welcome to the Kane Violation. I'm your host, Sam Kane. And today we have another episode of Kane Double Trouble. Cousin Alex is here. Thank you for coming on, Alex. What's up, Sam? Thanks for having me on, pal. Man, we are talking the Celtics today, of course. Yes, sir. And uh, very happy with their off-season so far. We've been texting a little bit, but I figured we'd start off with uh, the first big move that they did, which is actually the first move of this whole NBA season. This this happened during the second round of the playoffs. but And you actually broke the news to me, the the Kemba Walker trade. Like it was it was pretty early in the morning, and you're j- I just get a text from you that says, "Yes, Kemba's gone." <laughs> like, what? what happened? Oh my god! I threw my phone in the air and celebrated that day. That was the best news I could have ever gotten. I yeah, I was so shocked. I was like, "Wait!" And I was like, "Oh, Horford! Oh, fuck yeah! Horford's coming back! I love it." And we had talked about that in the podcast a couple of weeks before. Yeah, yeah, that that just that seemed like a gimme. Um and there was even talk about using that Hayward trade exception to get Horford, which in hindsight it's really good that we didn't do that because we were able to kind of finagle things and uh we signed uh, or we traded for Fournier uh and it, he ends up leaving for the Knicks. We get a, a trade exception from that. They, these, like, trade exceptions, sign and trades, they're, like, they're out of control now. This this just wasn't that common, like, four years ago. Like, it seems like almost every move, like, involves a sign and trade in the offseason. It, it's pretty wild, actually. Yeah, NBA salary cap, cap nuance has just become a headache. <laughs> It's just kind of annoying to follow. Like, we basically got the trade exception for losing Hayward. We got another trade exception for losing Fournier, but it just doesn't make sense to me why. I just don't understand the trade exception. Yeah, it's 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 a lot, and I guess it only lasts for a year, and we still have part of the Hayward trade exception left over as well, which I think is $11 million, so... And that, I guess, expires in November since the off season was in November last year when we traded Hayward. It's like, ay, 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 ay. And the only thing, too, is I don't think you can combine them together. Yes, yes, you can't. You, it, and, yeah, you can't, like, combine, like, players with the exception. Like, it, it has to just be, like, one player coming into that exception from another team yeah all of the salary cap lingo in general like the bird rights mid-level exceptions just how complicated it is to get deals through i feel like in other sports it's so much simpler i know it's 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 getting out of control now with the nba but um i i know you're excited to have Horford back you've always been a big fan of him uh I remember how happy you were when uh we first got him in free agency that uh 2016 that seemed like a a miracle after like not get the Celtics not getting any free agents over the years so that was that was like big 
Yeah, that was a weirdly a semi-miracle. It doesn't seem like it now because we've had so many stars in it come in and out. But at the time, we never were able to really sign anyone in free agency that was a big name like him. And I, I was so excited at the time. And I still am excited to have him back. I, I think he's really undervalued and underrated um, as a player. And he's old, but he's still in good shape. He gives us a lot more, you know interior presence just just like uh, i don't even know how to describe it just just what the smarts he has and the intangibles he has and he's just been in the league for so long that he's able to kind of do things that like a williams or any of our young bigs can't do and just getting replacing technically thompson with him hopefully in the starting lineup is is going to be pretty beneficial for us Um, yeah he was a problem he I think there was a lot of uh, locker room issues with him, too. Yeah, that, that's what I was hearing. In fact, I think he might have been behind that COVID outbreak, possibly. Might Not surprising. Been... He was probably out partying. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where there's the party in Boston for him. Unless he likes going to uh, Cask and Flagon. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a bar in Boston. He could find a party anywhere. He yeah, could find a party true. in a cardboard box. Yeah. Legit. But you're excited to have Horford back too, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, he has, his IQ on the court is just off the charts. It's something we've been missing with uh, big men. I mean, Tice had decent IQ, but um, just like losing Horford really was a killer couple years mm-hmm. ago we really could have used him in that miami heat bubble series against bam like that that's what ended up killing us is we just did not have anyone who could handle bam out bio and then i guess danny's brilliant plan was to bring in tristan thompson stop out bio and well, we didn't even end up playing the heat in the playoffs so yeah, and that's the hard thing to describe about Horford is he's not that physically gifted anymore, but it's just the intelligence he has on both sides of the floor that it just translates. It's so huge, and you don't see it in the box score or anything, but we made it to the conference finals every year we had him, basically until the 2018 disaster year, which Kyrie just pretty much submarined for us. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, he was like, you know, the de facto leader and sort of best player on the team for those deep runs in the playoffs. And I think he still has it in him. If you watched his Oklahoma City tape from the early this year before they just inexplicably benched him for the rest of the year, probably because they knew they were going to get rid of him and they didn't want him to get hurt and stuck on the roster. But that was just very bizarre. I think that was kind of, you know, it was unfortunate for him because I think he's still got a lot left in the tank and to be basically put on the shelf like he's Udonis Haslam was kind of weird. Yeah, that, that was super bizarre. And it's funny, I was just watching his highlights today um, on the treadmill, actually. The the gym I go to has TVs on the treadmill, and you can go on YouTube. And, oh, like, that's wow. my thing. I just put on, like, usually I watch, like, game recaps, but um, since there's no games on right now, I just, like, you know, let me watch some highlights. So, this is, like, Let's see what Horford did in OKC. And he looked pretty good. He, he's still shooting those flat-footed threes. And, uh, <laughs> that, 
they're going in. And yeah, he had some nice. Oh, he had a nasty block on Kyle Kuzma, and and the angle it came from. They, you know how they did that really cool, like on the court angle where they're following like the point guard going down the court. Oh yeah, side angle. So they kept it on that angle, and Kuzma was like driving to the rim. And you see Horford just stuff him. It was amazing. (laughs) Poor Kuzma. He sucks. Yeah, have fun. But, yeah, for a 6'9", 35-year-old center, Horford, you know, he's still got that interior defense, and it's mostly with his brain, too, which is the impressive thing. Yep. And uh, we got some other acquisitions or, you know, signed some people. Uh, Of course, we have uh, Josh Richardson now. Uh, Mavericks basically just gave them to us, and uh, <laughs> then uh, Dennis Schroeder is on our team. Kind of strange to think about. I would never expected him to end up on our team, especially with him on the Lakers last year. Um, but I don't know how that happened for five million dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, him and his agent—they just—they thought that. They had the Lakers in a scramble and that they were going to have to pay them because they didn't have any cap space. So they're like, oh, they, they're they not going to want to lose me, so they'll pay, they'll pay me. Nope. Trade for Westbrook. He did turn down $80 million too, which was pretty foolish. Uh, yeah, most of the time you should just take the money like sometimes it works out for people i think of like jimmy butler when he turned down i think uh four years 44 million dollars uh right after his rookie contract expired and he's like nah i'm gonna i'm gonna play the season out like it worked out for him but uh yeah most of the time it doesn't work out for people i mean look at nerland's noel and what's going on there right now yeah, that was a disaster, the poor guy. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's suing Rich Paul now, but I believe at the time when he turned down that big Mavericks deal, which was what, like seventy million or it could have been more. Yeah, um he like, turned that down as his agent was Marcus Smart's agent at the time, Happy Walters. I think his name's Happy Walters. It's Happy something. I know his first name's Happy, but he fired him right away after. Cause he ended up losing probably, you know. He still made some good money ever since but i mean he's probably he probably left like 60 million dollars on the table would be my guess yeah that's that's enough to to really make you make you think enough to to bother you i'd say although he's he's so rich yeah exactly that's the thing like he still can make money for the next you know six years probably but the thing with shooter is that he is 28 now you know and point guards don't have a long shelf life so, hope I think that was just very dumb. I think the way Smart went about it by just grabbing the bag that he probably could have got more if he held out, but you know he just secured himself, and I think that's smart. Yeah, no, it's it. I'm I'm so glad that we we got uh, both Smart and Williams extended. Um, like we were talking about before, like it, this just doesn't seem like something that Danny Ainge wouldn't do. It doesn't seem like he would extend Robert Williams, but 
you know, Brad, I, Brad might know this roster a little better than Danny does. Almost. 100%. That's basically like the main takeaway I got from this offseason. Brad has a much better understanding about players around the league, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's funny. If, if Danny was still the GM, I'm guessing he would be offering Kemba for just, like, you know, multiple first-round picks. <laughs> he would just try to rip off any team. It would just be a disaster. I think Brad's approach to kind of, you know, not try to just fleece teams, but just try to actually make the Celtics better is a much better approach. Yeah, 100%. Like, I could totally see Danny Ainge, like, not wanting to give up the first-round pick this year for uh, to get Horford and get off Kemba's salary. Like, he's he definitely likes to hoard his picks. Hoping that won't come back to haunt us, but it's it's very unlikely there's going to be an all-star, a future all-star that was picked 16 or above in this year. No, and draft. you did you did the draft podcast with your buddy, right? Yeah. And what, did you did he like anyone around that range that went in that range? I mean, he, he likes a lot of different people. Um, he, he liked Cameron Thomas a lot. Um, but I, he seems I, like an explosive scorer. I could see that, but yeah. he would just be another Carson Edwards for us. Yeah, and we we really don't need that. We have so many guards right now. We actually have sixteen players on the roster right now. We need to get that down to fifteen. Um, so there's a lot of debate going on with this. Like, who should we get rid of? Who should we waive someone? Should we trade someone? Um, what seems to be like the easiest quick fix, um, financially would be to just waive Jabari Parker. Um, and they would only have to give him a hundred thousand dollars out of, uh, the million dollars that he would be set to make. Um, but I think we could actually use him on the team just because, we're very thin at power forward, and he did show some promise last year. And uh, honestly, I'd much rather have him on the roster than Carson Edwards. <laughs> Me as well. Even though Carson was pretty good in the summer league, there's just no... Like, I know what Jabari can do. And he, he, he can be good for an end-of-the-bench guy. I know Horford's listed as a center, but he's truly a power forward and. I don't care what anyone says. Tatum is not a power forward. He's a small forward. So I think having Jabari kind of as just the reserve power forward, just in case Al goes out for an extended stretch, a guy, a big who can spread the floor and who you can play small ball five with, that type, I think he could be useful to have around. Definitely. And I, I guess if you're looking at like the luxury tax and stuff like that, they they say we're like five million dollars into it, and that we could get under that by uh, getting rid of Chris Dunn. But the thing is, I'm kind of curious to see what Chris Dunn could do with this team. I mean, probably not much since we have so many guards. But just thinking about the like defensive potential that this this team would have with Richardson. Even Schroeder's a bit of a pest when he's actually trying. Marcus Smart, uh, Pritchard can be 
a pest as well. Like I, I really like our, our guard rotation right now. Yeah, I like Chris Dunn too, and I'm pretty sure back when he was, you know, getting drafted, I think that was early on in Brad's career with us, and I think he was a fan. I could be misremembering that, but it does seem like Brad's kind of guy. Yeah, he. Uh, that was a um, Jalen Brown draft. Then th- okay. there were a lot of people saying that we should have drafted Chris Dunn at number three. Thank God we didn't. But uh, yeah, thank God we didn't. That that makes sense though, because that three is too high to draft him. But I bet if we had, you know, moved down in the lottery a little more to like six, then I'm pretty sure we would have ended up with Chris Dunn. Yeah, probably would have. Providence, Providence guy too. Guy. Yeah, yeah, local, sort of local to Boston. College local, yeah. yeah college local, sort of like that counts too. Yeah, definitely New England. Um, so it, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll they'll just bring this roster in the training camp and then, you know, see who sucks the most between Bruno Fernando and Carson Edwards. <laughs> Yeah, Bruno Fernando kind of looked like a beast in the summer league. He had some blocks on the glass that were just angry. Yeah, yeah, he brings some energy. I, I like yeah. that. So, so I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, I, I've never really watched him play in Atlanta. And when he did play, it was garbage time. So I Yeah, he's just like another big. Yeah. But he's a lot more explosive than I thought he was. Yeah, that was that was really nice getting him in summer league because um, he didn't even have like a summer league um, last year because you know obviously they they didn't hold one, um, so he definitely could have used like the reps and everything. And yeah, he he showed that uh, he could possibly help us out, be an energy guy for like ten minutes or something. Yeah, I think he could definitely be an end of the bench guy. I I would assume that. Even though I agree with you, I kind of would like to see Chris Dunn on this team because I think defensively that would be um, really fun to watch. We would always have at least a couple of perimeter pests on the floor, but I don't think Brad truly has the go-ahead to go into the tax. So my guess is um, he would be the easiest cut. Yeah, yeah, you probably end up just giving like a second rounder to the thunder and they'll they'll take them and wave them that kind of seems like the team to trade everyone to they're basically just a dumping ground for all of the bad contracts that teams make every year exactly that's that's pretty much what they're going to be this year because i think they're only committed to paying 73 million dollars and the and the extension for um Gilgis Alexander doesn't go through probably till next year, right? Yep, yep. It's next year when that kicks in. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll do the same thing again. They'll take any bad contract and gobble it up and take a couple of first-round picks with it and then use those as trade bait as well for guys they're actually interested in. Yep. Not a terrible plan. Kind of want to see the end game though, with all these draft picks that Presti has. It does seem like a never-ending cycle. Like, I don't think there's actually... You know, it's like a Ponzi scheme, basically. They'll just... They'll keep rolling over these draft picks, and he'll just keep telling the owner, you know, we have 20 first-round picks in the next four years. Like, 
we're on the up and up. You just have to extend me for five years so I can see the plan all the way through. <laughs> and that's basically, that seems like his mindset, but it's sad because the reality of it is they're a small market team and that's really the only way they can <laughs> um, field a good team. They can't really go through free agency. They have to go through the draft. So more swings at the draft for them is the better. Yeah. But it's going to be tough for them. The, they really struck gold getting three Hall of Famers in, what was it, like two, three years? If you, eh. Yeah. yeah. They I had three Westbrook. of the best, like, 30 players ever, basically. Yeah. If you just go by stats, I don't have a high opinion of Westbrook anymore. But, yeah, it was you know, when he was young, he was really, really explosive yeah. and incredible to watch. I so I the fact it, that they kind of bungled that is pathetic yeah it went downhill when they traded hard but um i so back to the celtics i was thinking about like what the rotation would be and so i went back i watched the horford highlights from last year i watched richardson and i watched schroeder as well and you know i'm realizing that there's uh there's some connections here like Horford has played with both of those guys before. He played with Richardson in Philadelphia, and then he played with Schroeder for years in Atlanta. Um, so I was I was thinking if you're gonna have Horford come off the bench, maybe maybe you play these guys with him because they'll have chemistry and they'll be like kind of a bench mob almost, like, and uh, you could mix. You know, a couple of the starters in with them. I think the the given for um, the the people who are definitely going to start are Marcus Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, and Tatum. But then after that, you kind of wonder. It, it's probably going to be Robert Williams, but I don't know yeah. where. Um, I don't think you can pay him all that money, and um, not that it matters what he's getting paid, but. I think that tells me they have a high opinion of him, mm-hmm. and I don't think they would have him come off the bench. But maybe you never know. Yeah. It just—I don't know a lineup that makes sense without him in the starting lineup because I prefer Horford and Williams starting together. Yeah, that I, I was just thinking like, who's going to be the fifth guy in these lineups? And um, I did hear on a podcast, um, it was Jared Weiss who said. Um, that they they are thinking about starting Horford at the four and having Williams play the five. Um, yeah, I would I would be all in for that. Yeah, I think because uh, Horford's a good um, playmaker at the top of the key too. He doesn't need to be in the paint. It's not like not exact. I mean, I know it didn't work with Embiid and him starting together. But I think that's a little different because Williams is more of a role player than Embiid is, obviously. But um, that's a good point you make. I didn't even think of that. That they most of the guys on the team have a lot of familiarity with each other and with the coach as well. Richardson has played for Udoka in Philly. Horford was with him in Philly. Yep. Schroeder was with Horford in Oklahoma City, and that was Schroeder's best year. As a six man, I think Schroeder, no matter what happens with anyone in our rotation, I think his calling is a six man. 
he should have won six man of the year that year in Oklahoma City. And I think that's a perfect role for him. Who who won that year? Was it Harrell? Um, no, I think it was Lou Williams. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. But like they were like that. I think it was that year that the Clippers really overachieved for their roster and for whatever reason Harrell and Lou Williams were coming off the bench and they were both I think top three in the voting for that Uh, I'm not positive but that sounds right because I'm pretty sure Lou Williams has won it a couple times yeah he's definitely won multiple times um but uh, but Truder gives us something we've never had off the bench in the last couple years at least a guy who can actually come in and score yeah, we've never really had like that instant offense score off the bench, and like in the highlights I watched, I I was just I found a video on YouTube. It was only the March highlights of Dennis Schroeder, and it's funny. Like there, there were like there was like comment like like word like sub subtitles in the video like commenting like how like well like Schroeder was playing and everything like clearly like a big Laker homer and um just saying like how how good he was he had he had some nice moves I mean it's like wow we're gonna have this guy off the bench yeah he's a good player Mm -hmm. the only time I really remember watching him you know throughout an entire game last year was in the playoffs the that the Lakers lost I think in was at the first round yep and he wasn't you know, he was kind of out of control. Like, I remember thinking he was pretty erratic and, you know, it. like it, at that point it was clear he wasn't going to stay there, I'm guessing. After, that was probably after he turned down the massive contract extension and I think he probably wore his welcome. But I don't think he has any, like, teammate issues or, you know, personality issues. I think he was just, he's a good player. He just wasn't really a fit with LeBron and AD. Yeah. No, they uh, they clearly decided to go a different route. Man. No, they needed they wanted a superstar like Westbrook. He was never going to be considered an option for them. Definitely. Even though they offered him that huge deal, I can't believe he turned that down. What a mistake! What an idiot! Such an idiot! Oh my god! God, aren't you just so happy we we got rid of that stupid bum Kemba? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I just. Like, imagine going through another summer of just like, all right, we're Kemba's. He's getting better. We're his. The knees feeling great. Yep, yep. He's he's moving around really well. We're and and we're not gonna play him back to backs. Don't worry. He'll, he'll be healthy <laughs> he'll, for the. He'll playoffs. play every other game, but he'll be smiling the whole time. Yeah. Oh my God, he was smiling when we were getting our asses kicked he's still he's night. still smiling in my nightmares every night it's like and it's like he was actually really good like when he was first with the celtics too like you almost forget that it's it just it yeah he made the all-star downhill. team that year yeah it went downhill pretty fast i immediately started hating him after he played 40 minutes in that all-star game with a bad knee that year yeah and it basically cost us that year because he couldn't get through the whole playoffs and we ended up losing the heat but he should have you know not played in that game and i don't know the whole story maybe he was healthier than it seemed but he played 40 minutes in that all-star game with a bad knee and 
didn't really. And another thing I read about him is that the Celtics tried to get him to do um, a workout program for his knee so that, you know, he doesn't have to play back-to-backs. Any- he wouldn't have to play back-to-backs anymore. And he came in and just didn't do it. He didn't yeah. do it in the offseason. I heard and, about this, yeah. Yeah, and they, I think they were not I think they were not done with him cuz they like him, but they were, you know, they soured on him a lot. He wasn't really what they were expecting. Yeah, no. That, that that's not a good sign. Yeah, that that was for when he was coming to the bubble and he just mm-hmm. did not look like he was in good shape. Not so let's see. We also lost Semi Ojale. That's funny. He's going to the Bucks probably. So um, you know, Giannis doesn't have to deal with him being guarded. <laughs> <laughs> that that did make me laugh when I saw who signed him. Yeah. Well, the, if if there was a year to prove it, Semi, it it, it would have been this this past season because we had so many injuries and he had one good game but that was it yeah he's a big athletic guy but he's just not that good of a basketball player yeah strong guy but strong guy can hit some corner shots every once in a while but he never like really had any like impressive you know drives to the hole and finishes and dunks and like he just never really did anything impressive he couldn't really dribble so nope. I haven't even thought about him for more than five seconds since the Bucks signed him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, completely forgot we we signed Ennis Cantor as well. How do you feel about that? I I don't think I've really talked to you about Cantor before. And how you feel about him? Now I get the feeling that you're not a big fan. Um, Am I wrong there? I actually I don't mind him. I mean I can't stand his defense, but. Yeah, yeah, that's like pretty famous now for some reason, like how bad he is on defense. But he's still a big dude, and um, he's a really good rebounder. He's good inside scorer. He was pretty good for us. Um, that playoff run that we lost to the Heat in that whole season, he was all right and seems like a good teammate. Yeah, it, I, I like having him around, and Brad clearly liked him a lot and probably preferred to you know resign him, but I'm sure Danny didn't want to. Well, we so we tr- ended up trading him to the Blazers. I think we had to give up a pick to do that too. So oh, it was a, a cap space thing. Yeah, and maybe then we end up signing for the Tristan Thompson thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That's a major L. On yeah, that's a huge pump. L. Oh, yeah. I yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know what the the genius ideas were behind trying to bring back Teague into being a, you know, a usable point guard and sign Thompson. I, I don't I don't know why we did that with those guys. I mean, Teague ended up becoming an NBA champion, but you know, not with us. Yeah, it's funny. He he ends up getting paid more for sucking basically. So, he ends yeah. up getting traded to the Magic. They waive him. Uh, but his salary's guaranteed, so he gets like all his money, and the Bucks sign him for more money, and he gets a ring. <laughs> yeah, that's just awful. I wish he didn't get a ring. Like I, I, I wish there was a rule where if you, like after halfway through the season, 
if you uh, uh, no, that wouldn't make sense because like a trade if you actually were a contributor but if you're not a contributor and you join like halfway through the season then don't think you totally deserve to have that ring not that i'm the guy who should be deciding that but it just it seems kind of dumb if he if i was talking to him in person and we were having beers or something and he's like yeah you know i won an nba championship i would probably call him a fraud and not want to hang out with him anymore He'll he'll just scowl at you like he always does. Yeah, he'd be like what? I I won an NBA championship. Like you can't take that away from me. He'd be like, you remember that movie semi semi pro? Is it semi pro or semi pro? Uh, With uh, Woody Harrelson and Will Ferrell. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. Sadly, like uh, Will uh, Woody Harrelson was Mox. And yeah, he, he yeah. won all the titles with the Celtics on the end of the bench, and Andre 3000 always gave him shit for, you know, he rode the bench. <laughs> he was like Scalabrini, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's like who Te- Jeff Teague was, but not even, like, as cool. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. So what, what grade are you giving uh, GM brad stevens so far this off season yeah i know this sounds like a green team or grade but i'd give him an a plus yeah I'd i mean give him an a. Sure. to get kemba out of here we re-signed we were we extended i mean smart and williams bring in schroeder richardson bring in ime udoka who the players seem to really like i don't know it just it, it it already has like a breath of fresh air feel in the players. Like there isn't really one unhappy guy on the team now. Like there's there's no reason for anyone on the team to be unhappy. So I think they'll, you know, come out and play really well next year. And I think Brad pretty much deserves a lot more credit than he'll probably end up getting. Yeah. Yeah, the the joke amongst uh the Redditors on um the Boston Celtics page is that Oh, Brad Stevens must have been lurking around here, deciding what moves to make. Because like everyone's happy with like what he did, basically. And then there's, I mean, we we got some young guys that we haven't even talked about. Uh, Pritchard had a great summer league, like, and we have Romeo Langford. Neesmith looked uh, pretty solid as well. Like we we can definitely go eight deep easily yeah neesmith neesmith looked like a different player he his shot really looked nice you know the the, they really kind of uh fell apart in the second half of that summer league championship game against the kings and that was you know that was kind of a a bummer way to go out after how well they played they were dominating teams for those first three or four games and they really fell apart and looked like them their old selves in that uh, last half of that last game, turning the ball over every time, yeah. missing every shot. It so that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. But for the most part, the guys you mentioned, Langford and Neesmith, and especially Pritchard, they really looked like NBA rotational players. And I would say even Neesmith and Pritchard more so than Langford. I think Langford, he's he's really good and he looks like he's developing a lot. But I just still get really annoyed with him. Oh my god. 
someone just got hit by a car outside. What? What? Oh, holy. I don't know. So, so someone was like pulling a U-turn and there was a guy parked on his bike. He just got hit. I don't know. I'm, well, was it hopefully it was Kyrie Irving? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyrie hanging out in Jersey. Go back to Brooklyn. Hey, he's from Jersey. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he is. Wow. Oh, man, that would be great. It man, looks, that sucks for that guy, though. That's crazy. It looks like he's all right. It looks like his Wait, he, So he, like, legit just, like, got hit, like, up the windshield and on the ground? Uh, Well, he, he's on a bike. So his bike was parked, <laughs> and then someone was pulling a U-turn, and they just turned into him and hit him and, <laughs> and the the guy drove off <laughs> and now there's like people like crowding around like making sure he's all right so the thing that's going on in like jersey city right now is there's all these uh like bikers going around um you know they have like atvs and everything but they're almost like a like a, a crew and they go around like uh, going back and forth between like cars and everything, like waddling in and out of lanes. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he cut this this car off earlier, and this is revenge. I don't know. <laughs> revenge. The guy like... comes back and hits him. <laughs> oh my god! What the? Hell? That's a full on felony. Yeah. I'd Hopefully that car so. doesn't. Hopefully the cars didn't need to repair any damage or well they have cameras everywhere now, so I'm sure you can't really get away with doing that anymore. Yeah, no. There's probably If we were in the sixties, that guy could have just clobbered him and then just probably drove off and been fine, but in twenty twenty one I don't think it's possible. I'm pretty sure the guy's gonna get clipped in like mm-hmm. thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that was I didn't know what happened, I just heard stuff. And then oh, you just yep. go, See, oh, my God, someone just got hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, the cops are pulling up now. <laughs> I think I, those, I those think damn they... Jersey City bikers. <laughs> oh, my God, they got fire engine coming. Oh, um, yeah, I think he's all right, but. Yeah, it's great. It's funny. Like I'll do on on the podcast sometimes. Like I'll just just be like, "Oh, there's there's some drunk guy outside." Like in the <laughs> middle of like talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. But, yeah, it's crazy. You should you should bring him in for an opinion. <laughs> oh god. See if they have any thoughts on Sam Presti hoarding draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> who's who's Sam Presti? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, things are looking good for the Celtics. I'd say. What would you give? Did you already give your grade for Brad? I've uh, I've no idea. Yeah, you... yeah, I'd gi- I'd give him an A. Just, just an A, just a straight A. Just an A. Yeah. No plus. No, no plus. Um, I, I mean, I, I still feel like there's another move to be made, and I'm kind of curious to see what he does with the. Uh, you know, getting rid of this uh, last player on the roster. Yeah, it'll be unbelievably frustrating if a guy like Carson makes the team and we just <laughs> trade like Bruno or 
someone that everyone's kind of excited about. Like we already lost Yam to what was it? Israel, I think he signed with or no, Greece. I forget who he signed with, but yeah. he signed for like multiple years. Like he signed like a three year deal. Yeah. So we basically just lost him. Yeah, pretty much. But how did you feel about that guy, Ju Yuhan, Big RN? He he was he had some moments. I like him. Yeah, yeah I liked him too. He he was nineteen. Yeah. And wow. he really he, he looked like he was twenty five out there. Like he really looked comfortable. He started at the four one of the games and looked comfortable. He's like six five, but he jumps so high that he's got good interior defense. I don't know. I'd I'd be in, it'd be cool to have a 19-year-old around on the team, you know? Just give him that last roster spot and get rid of Grant and Carson and these dudes who are pretend good, but they're actually not at all. Yeah, like, oh, my God. Grant Williams still being on the team. Like, he had, like, a couple good moments in the bubble in that Toronto series, but last year, really not that good. And now... I'm worried that he's going to be on the team for a while because uh, he just got, like, VP of uh, basketball operations, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the player, yeah, the, the, player um, thing. the union or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that is, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. But it seems like he's not very likable, but for whatever reason, everyone likes him. He seems annoying, but I don't know, maybe he's really cool. But on the basketball side, he's just an undersized big or a too slow wing. So and he, he's not like an ace shooter. He's not really amazing on defense. He's just kind of thick and strong and I don't know. I just kind of annoyed with him at this point. It doesn't really make any sense to have him around. And he was too good for Summer League. He turned down the opportunity to play in Summer League because he wanted to you know, work on his game. Yeah. Do you think he should have played Summer League? Yeah, definitely. I think he should. Grant Williams isn't above Summer League. Yeah. Is he serious? Lankford was drafted before him. He played. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, does he really think that he's, like, a rotational player who gets to skip Summer League? And and he was there, too. That's delusional. He was watching in the the crowd. Yeah, he's like, dude, get on the court. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's just a frustrating look that... He has, like, I don't know if it's audacity is the right word, but just, like, he thinks he's a key member of the team who doesn't need to play in Summer League. And I don't know if he's hurt or whatever, but it's like getting three-pointers up in the gym in Las Vegas when you're just probably going out every night isn't as good as actually playing with the team, showing some new skill sets and showing that you can play perimeter defense or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, dude, you average three points a game. <laughs> yeah. like, we don't even know what you are. Like, what are you? Maybe come to Summer League and, like, at, be, be a three in Summer League and try to show that you can do that. Or, you know, play small ball five in Summer League. I don't know. It, the fact that he's just a corner three-point shooting reserve that's too good to play in the Summer League is really frustrating. And especially since they gave him the option, they shouldn't have even given him the option. They should have said, you play in Summer League, or we're not going to have you play at all. Seriously, yeah. It's it's bad. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, give me Juhan over Grant. Yeah, get, 
Let's get him back. Let's get him on the team. So yeah, is he already gone? Is he already back in France or yeah? He, he signed with another team. So ah, oh, damn it! I, I think uh, we still have their their draft rights. So yeah, um, that, if they ever come here, like we own them, obviously. But mm-hmm. I'd rather just have them here. Just send get Yuhan here and just send them to Maine. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, like that's better competition probably than eh, maybe not, but. Just have him around. Like, what if you need him in a pinch? Yeah, you never know. He could bring some energy for sure. Yeah. Oh. But overall, I guess an A is more appropriate. I'm just being a green teamer because A-plus should be reserved for, like, the 07, 08 offseason, you know, when you just immediately become a title favorite. And we're not exactly that. We just basically did a lot of addition by subtraction for the most part and actually adding you know some decent role players who could be hit or miss it's not like they're guaranteed hits like i could totally see us in three months or when does the nba season start christmas i could totally see us christmas day being like wow i hate josh richardson oh it's actually starting in late october wait what yeah Oh, I th- oh, that was yeah. Last year started Christmas, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Why would it start in four months? I don't, what was I thinking? It yeah, like training camps, like in two weeks. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. I couldn't have been more off on that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, they, no, I'm shocked. They just they just put out the schedule. In fact, I I'm really eyeing that uh, KG retirement jersey game. I think it's March thirteenth. Yeah, we we got our um, schedule for this year, and we don't have that game. Oh, damn. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that would have sold for boatload. I would have probably just turned to you and tried to sell them to you. Uh, Ah, that's all good. uh, That'll probably be what uh, I ask for my birthday present from from my wife. Yeah, hopefully you, uh, if you come to any games in Boston or something, we can stay in the city and... Go to a game or something? Dude, that would that'd be amazing. I've never gone to a game with you. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. I haven't been to a game since 2018 in, in the Garden, which is wild to think about. And was, was So 2018, was that like the beginning of... Um, so it, was that the end of the Kyrie's Kyrie? or first season. It was January 2018. Okay. So and Kai and of course like last minute Kyrie didn't end up playing, and it was against the Sixers, and uh, I I don't even think Ben Simmons played either, but Embiid ended up cooking us and we lost. Um, but I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, he he really did a number on us that game. Um. He's but such. He's just such a douche. I did see the Celtics play in Brooklyn in 2019, which was the disaster year, and we also lost that game. Of course, Kyrie. They sit Kyrie last minute. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. He was such a bitch. God, I hate him so much. Yeah, he's probably some not. of those. Those some of those games just haunt me to this day. Like the one where Hayward. Fucked up the inbound, 
and Kyrie threw a hissy fit. Oh, against the went, Magic, yeah. Yeah, threw a hissy fit at Hayward, and then went in the locker room and said we needed more vet vet presence on the team. Meanwhile, Hayward and Horford are probably sitting there like, fuck you, dude. I'm so glad that's over with. The post-game conference quotes that are... Yeah, it was a soap opera. That that position... Are you uh, a Harry Potter guy at all? A little bit. A little bit. I feel like the point guard position ever since... You know how Voldemort cursed the uh, professor of dark arts position at Hogwarts because he couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. So he cursed the position. So every professor that took that job only lasted a year because of the curse. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Celtics point guard position ever since we traded IT, it's just like a curse spot. Like we ended up with that that loser Kyrie and then we ended up with Kemba who is averaging like 30 points a game in Charlotte and then just implodes after one knee injury. And I guess it remains to be seen now, but hopefully Smart doesn't kind of follow that trend. Oh, I hope not. I I saw something online recently if like so every member of uh, that 2018-2019 team, if uh, we still had them on the Celtics and they were getting paid what they're getting now, uh, we'd be, like, paying into the billions in luxury tax. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, yeah, because Rozier, Rozier is 100. I do miss – Rozier is probably the one guy I miss. I think fun. Danny's biggest mistake was just not just bring back Terry and don't sign Kemba. I feel like that was just such a panic move and I think Terry and Marcus and Tatum and Brown are a real core you can win with. Yeah, I mean like I can't. Terry had a down year but it was because he was coming off the bench and like he he had a great playoffs because you know he was a starting point guard. He was getting plenty yeah. of minutes, but that got you know disrupted when Kyrie came back. So um, yeah, he's yeah. not a microwave guy like a Schroeder could be or some of the good six men around the league. Like he needs to be the starter and play a lot mm-hmm. to thrive. Yeah, and he can play like forty minutes a game. Like he's he doesn't get tired. Yeah, he was great in that playoff run for us. He was really, really great. Uh, yeah, that was legendary. That was amazing. Especially that Buck series. I remember he was awesome. Oh my god. Especially in that game seven. He had yeah. so many daggers to keep us up like twenty points. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, he wore the Drew Bledsoe jersey. That was such a great run. The the funeral series with the Wizards. Well, that was that was the year before, but still, like that era of Celtic swagger was so awesome. Yeah, I miss that. We still have some of those guys, though. Just yeah, thank God we kept smart. That I'm glad that I know we already talked about it, but I'm glad that Brad prioritized actually keeping a core together instead of just trying to treat them like assets and package them the first opportunity to get like a Bradley Beal to pair him up with his buddy Tatum and. I'm so sick of hearing that they're friends. Like, who cares at this point? Like, they they don't even make sense as teammates. So I don't know why people are talking about that anymore. Every broadcast. and the fact that people think he's so much better than Brown is infuriating. I know. Like every broadcast when the Celtics are on national TV, 
the thing is, oh, did you know that uh, Tatum actually used to get uh, babysat by Bradley Beal? Yeah, they grew up in St. Louis together. Oh, there's <laughs> a lot of rumors out there. Yeah, they want to play together. They're friends. So who cares about the rest of the team when you have two guys that are friends and they don't have to talk to anyone else? Yeah, it I seems hate that like idea. going from the past, whenever there's like an a, a trade that people are like murmuring about for like months and months on end, that never happens. Except for, I guess, Anthony Davis to the Lakers. But Especially can... with us, too. That was always so frustrating with like the Paul George year, the Jimmy Butler year. Yeah. Um, you know, with... Bradley Beal recently. Mm-hmm. I was There's so, been a lot of that. I I was wrong. I was glad I was wrong. I thought the Celtics should have traded the number three pick in 2016 for Butler, Paul George, but I I'd much rather have Jalen Brown. Yeah, sure. that's the thing. Like those those players are great, but they would have just left at the first sign of trouble. That's just like Paul George. He's an unbelievably talented player, but his personality, he's just gonna bolt. At first sign of, you know, anything bad happening. Mm-hmm. Yep, go to L.A. You know, oh, he would have left us for L.A. without even, you know, blinking an eye. We could have offered him $300 million, and he still would have done it if he wasn't happy living here. Yeah, no way. He would not want to live in Boston during those winters. No, and Jalen Brown is perfect. I hate when people try to lump him into a trade. Even for like a Damian Lillard, like Lillard doesn't want to move across the country with he live. I'm pretty sure he's his whole like family living with him, and they're all from Oakland, so they're all like pretty close to Portland. I think they're pretty set on the West Coast. He's not going to want to uproot his entire family for like a short term rental to Boston. Mm-hmm. Even though he has a long deal, I don't think he would want to you know just chase a title here across the country. I think that matters to players now more than. People think it's not like 2K where it's just like, oh, he would go to the Celtics. Uh, I don't really think he wants to leave the West Coast. Yeah, it's it's refreshing that he wants to be with us. He's very well-spoken. Yeah, he's in the Players Union too. Thank God we have some normal representation in there. I don't want Grant speaking for the Celtics. Yeah, and just like giggling through his speech. (laughs) Yeah, oh my god. Well, Celtics are looking good, but um, let's move on to the movie of the week. And uh, yeah, I it's, always, it's a good one. It's always great to have you on. Not too many people can talk this in depth about both the NBA and movies. It's uh, And I love the movies that you do because these are my favorite types of movies too. Yeah, they're they're pretty bizarre movies. This one's more mainstream though. So this this movie uh came out in 1996. It's called The Arrival, not Arrival, which is the Amy Adams mo- uh movie that uh Amy Adams uh movie that came out in 2016. Um but I That was a good one too. I yeah, that was that was good. Um another great sci-fi movie. Um mm-hmm. But I didn't even know about this movie until I found it in the book. Because, like, I've 
I think I've told you I'm going like page by page picking one movie each page and I saw this I was like The Arrival okay Charlie Sheen 90s oh this must be like a direct video or something so I look it up and it's like oh this has a lot of votes on IMDb and it looks like it was released to theaters and it actually has a good director yeah David David Tui yeah Mm-hmm. Um. So, I yeah, I never, I never even knew about it. But you said you you saw it on Stars back in the yep. day. Yeah, when you texted me about this, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. When I looked up, I looked it up, and I haven't thought about this movie in probably you know twelve years, maybe more. I was I specifically remember being sick from school one day, and this was on Stars or Encore. Like back when the premium channels, there were like so many of them. It was like stars hit, stars, sci-fi stars, this, stars, that, you know, like stars and en black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Encore had all those channels too. And I just oddly remember like fever watching this one. Like I felt like I was having like a fever dream watching it because it was a buzz Charlie Sheen, not buzz, like drunk like he always is, buzz like his haircut. Yeah. And it was just like such a weird sci-fi movie that it – it really threw me off. I wasn't – I didn't really know what I was watching. So when you texted me about it, I was really excited to talk about it. It was cool to revisit. Yeah. It's um, – it was back when Charlie Sheen was still like a star basic – or like a star with not like a crazy image. Like I, he might have gotten in trouble a couple times but went under the radar. Um but this is probably one of his last, like, starring roles in a big movie that wasn't a comedy, basically. Yeah, like, you could see hints of Scary Movie 3 in some of the ways <laughs> that he, like, raises his crazy eyebrows. And, like, in this movie, like, you you can see it coming. But I do think you as a movie star at this time. I know we talked about this already and we couldn't agree on it, but I'm pretty sure... It's safe to say that he was a full-on movie star. Like, oh, yeah. if there was, like, if you would consider, like, the top dogs, like, A-list movie stars, he'd be, like, a B-plus list movie star. He's, like, not the top dog, but he can carry a movie, any movie, basically, and people will see it because he's that famous. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the craziness, the the zaniness in the movie, that's his, his character's <laughs> Zane. name, Zane. <laughs> of course, that's such a perfect name. It really is such a great movie. Yeah, it's like Zane. His last Zeminski. name begins with a Z. Yeah, yeah Zane Zeminski. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Like uh, you know, wide-eyed, uh, you know, space lover, whatever he is. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was so his like drive to find alien contact was very bizarre. He was so into it. But, like, Charlie Sheen is that crazy where you can buy it because he's a psychopath. Right. So, like, the being, like, the paranoid freak who looks like he's having, like, a panic disorder at all times. Like, it was it was just a perfect role for him. It was. Like, that wouldn't make sense in, like, a subdued actor's hands. Like, it needs to be someone crazy like him. Yeah. No, that, that was very well casted. And I guess he worked with... Uh, Tui on Terminal Velocity, which was two years prior. Yep, that was a good one too. I need to watch that. I've never seen that one. 
but I guess Tui wrote this script in mind for Charlie Sheen. So it uh, it makes sense. Yeah, Char- Charlie fits the role really well. Yeah, and that was a skydiving one, which like doesn't make as much sense for him. Like this one was perfect for Charlie Sheen, especially at this era, like right after Wild Thing. He was Wild Thing in Major League for those two movies and i think this is a really you know good run for him in the mid 90s mm-hmm. and um got a couple other people in the movie um got a young terry polo who uh was pam fokker and meet the parents and uh the richard schiff I, I really liked richard schiff in this movie i think this movie needed more of him I think he needed to go to Mexico with Charlie. After yeah, that would have been. I, I agree with you. That would have been cool. I, I love at the beginning the chemistry of them when they're they're howling and you know like they're they're so excited together to find the the alien frequency, the extraterrestrial frequency, and he seemed just as into it as he was, and he seemed like he was the only one that truly believed him. Right. So instead of just spoiler alert, please go watch it if you're listening to this, but. Instead of just killing him off, I wish they did kind of make it more like a, a duo thing. Yeah, that that would have been much better, I think. Yeah, they could have let some funny moments in the in the um, plant with the aliens. You know, he could have like his Charlie Sheen kind of plays it cool. I mean, he's literally like standing next to aliens and he's kind of just like sweating and straight face. But it would have been funny, a funny wrinkle to have Richard Schiff there too, like having a panic attack but like couldn't conceal it so he was just like he immediately outed himself i don't know yeah i think that would have worked yeah I, I definitely think so and there's a there's another character in the movie who's like a climatologist just at the very beginning i actually thought it was linda hamilton at first and i was like oh no that is Lindsay kraus yeah yeah that that part was she was there um, investigating the plant because she noticed a temperature change, like a, a basically like a temperature change in like the global climate, mm-hmm. and she thought that was gonna like be devastating. And she tra- somehow tracked down like that specific location is like the main like greenhouse gas emitter. Mm-hmm. So that's why she was there. But they didn't really like. I don't know. They kind of just killed her off too, and like the, that. Uh, it would have been cooler to just leave that character out and bring Richard Schiff along that journey. Yeah. Or they could have just combined the the Terry Polo girlfriend character uh with with her or maybe they cuz I guess the point of the the girlfriend was that she she knew about computers a lot. So Yep. Yeah, she was a, a banker, right? Yeah. And smart. Yeah. Um, but I think they could have flip-flopped these a little bit. Like, they could have brought Richard Schiff along as, like, the sidekick, and then maybe Charlie Sheen doesn't have a girlfriend at the beginning of the movie, and that, um, the climatologist, Lindsay Krause, ends up becoming his romantic interest, because she actually kisses him. Yeah, she was propositioning him. She invited him to come sleep with her that night. Yeah. With all the, the scorpions that were in there. And and you know it's a a movie because Charlie Sheen doesn't take her up on it. 
Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? In real life, he pulls a, a giant bag of cocaine out of his pocket, holds it up, and has the biggest smirk on his face, and immediately goes in with her. Yeah, she'd be like, "Where'd you get that?" And he'd be like, "We're in Mexico." We're in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, you talking? My name's Carlos Estevez. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you though. They, the my one main takeaway for like negatives about this movie was the female actresses which not the actresses like they did a fine job i just think the characters were really bad yeah. it, like the only cool part about the girlfriend was at the end when you didn't know if she was an alien or not like there there was like a good five minute stretch when they're like um when charlie sheen is freaking out and like he's kind of suspicious of her mm-hmm. and i thought that that had some good tension to it but yeah. other than that that girl served really no purpose yeah. other than just like screaming pretty much yeah that that gave a little suspense to it yeah that was cool i thought that was a good ad but the i don't think the 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 doctor was even necessary it was it was basically she was just there to show that they don't mess around and they'll kill anyone who um interferes mm-hmm. i think that was the purpose yeah and to show that he was like a loyal guy or whatever and really loved his girlfriend by not going in with her that night i think like she was basically just there for that reason i think yeah that yeah she gives some plot information yeah yeah like she just moved the plot along i guess Mm -hmm. but yeah sheen has some funny lines in this movie um i mean i like when he's uh he's in the hut tub or not the hut. Uh, he's just in a bathtub. Yeah, that's it's the best. Like scene. Final destination. Like <laughs> he even got like the water on the floor. Like yeah, like, yeah. Going towards him. It's like this. this so true. And then love the the reaction of when he sees the tub above him falling through. Oh the yep the the eyebrows raise, oh. the eyes wide. He does that crazy Charlie Sheen look, and he just hops out of the tub and barely avoids the the other tub crashing in on him yeah and then the the i laughed out loud when he like leaned over and looked down and you could just hear it like keep going it was just like did done did done did done because the tubs kept falling in (laughs) that was a great scene but i know you like with the water dripping and stuff like it that that was a a cool technique i love when movies like i love the final destination movies like that that they use like the the weird little um surroundings to kind of build the tension yeah no that's a great technique and like sheen talking to like the maid and everything he's he's like big (laughs) big run (laughs) (laughs) and uh and then he chases that guy who um like the guy sees the alien and that's kind of when you realize it's aliens when he Mm -hmm. chases him through the streets naked and then the guy he he looks away for one second and the guy jumps like four stories up with his crazy inverted kneecaps. That that was cool actually. That that I was like, oh, that is, that is Yeah, that was cool. And then he was like, How did he get up there? You know, like that was that was that was good. Yeah. So the move the movie's not too like heavy on special effects. There are there are some. Um some It costs twenty five million dollars to make. So yeah. Like they they did it for like that's that's kind of cheap for like uh you know 
a sci-fi movie with aliens. Yeah. Yeah, back then, like, Independence Day, which came out two months later, um, was probably, like, three or four times that budget. Oh, definitely, at least. And, that yeah, that was... You saw just as much aliens in that that you did in this, basically. Mm-hmm. They're both very high concept, so to do this for cheap... Well, I guess there's not a lot of action, which helps it, but... Yeah, this is more like a... More of a mystery, yeah. I'd say. But um, yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty enjoyable overall. Um, I think I so with my ratings, like I have the tier one where I haven't given any movie so far a tier one, just because like part of it is them actually like picking out the movies each page, so. Um, usually I have an idea of like whether I'll like it or not, but I'm sure I'll come across one that's just so bad. Um, and then (laughs) like most movies I give like the tier two, I named it the Abbey rating after, uh, the first movie to get this rating. And then tier three is like, um, that's the Alice rating, named after Alice, sweet Alice. Like, I'll uh, I'll tell someone like to go out of their way to watch it, and then uh, tier four is like one where I'm like, I this is so good, I need to like own this movie, I need to have it on like Blu-ray, whatever. Um, this is really this is like right in between the Abbey and Alice for me. Uh, I think I'm. I'm going to have to give it the Abbey rating, but it it's probably the best Abbey rating movie so far. Like there's there's a lot of good stuff in this, but um I don't think I would I'd really tell um, unless it was someone who's like really into like the genre, the sci-fi genre. Um or it's just like a Charlie Sheen super fan, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if there's any many of those. <laughs> Probably not anymore. Oh my god, what what a wild career he's had. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the Abbey rating, but I feel I feel like it could have gone either way between Alice and Abbey, but I'm leaning more towards towards uh, the tier two. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I figured you would have gone higher. I think it does. It does like thrive in that like mediocrity, though. You know, it's it's not trying to be like a great movie, if that makes sense. I know all movies are trying to be great movies, but it's just a solid movie where, like, I I don't even know what rating I could give it, just because I don't know if it's good or bad, or if I just really enjoy it, or like it's just you know a fun movie to watch. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know how to, like, quantify that on, like, a rating scale, I guess. Like, because I would give it, like, you know, I know you do the tiers of, if I did, like, one out of, one being the lowest and ten being, like, the best movie ever, like, I'd want to give it, like, a six or, like, a five, which is basically, like, the same that you would be doing. Yeah. Um, But it, like, seems unfair, but it also, like, seems too high for it in a way because it's, like, such a stupid, you know, it's just, you know, but... 
I think six is fair. That's actually what has on IMDb. I I usually agree with the IMDb ratings. Like, yeah, because they uh, factor in viewers. Yeah. So like that that always if it's just critics, then it'd probably oh, be like a four. Yeah, no. But tomatoes, no thanks. Yeah, but when you factor in like the audience on there and the people that rate movies on there, like really for the most part are passionate about you know those specific movies so if you find like those cult classics on there for the most part they'll be ranked like not high but they'll be between like 5.8 and like Mm 6.6 just because enough people are like yeah it's not a good movie but like i loved it yeah and they'll give it a 10 Mm -hmm. yeah i think it i think it's pretty appropriately rated on imdb i think it has a 6.2 out of 10 and that like when I first went to the page like a week ago when I found it in the book I was like oh okay so this isn't like a crap movie then like if it has a 6 on IMDb cuz I I wasn't sure cuz I see Charlie Sheen I didn't I didn't realize he was still uh you know hanging in there with uh his uh you know as a a leading man in a theatrical release movie yeah, I think his leading man in movies act kind of came to an end, like more towards this era because this movie only made fourteen million dollars and yeah. it's considered a bomb. And you know, if you're the movie star for like a high concept movie like this, that costs like you know, it's a mid budget movie, but that's still like twenty five million is still a lot. And if he can't even like break even on that, then it's hard to consider him a movie star when other movie stars could take like anything and turn it into at least breaking even. So I think his, you know, lifespan as a A lister probably ended shortly after this. And then he kind of became like, you know, a joke of himself, like a character, like Scary Movie 3, basically just like playing himself kind of. And mm-hmm. Two and a Half Men, obviously, he was just himself. And yeah. he was on his... Spin City for a little while. He replaced Michael J. Fox when he got uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's. Yeah, th- that seems to be like his like highest accolade, almost in a weird way. Like he's done so many big movies, but like his run on that, I think people really like had high praise for mm-hmm. at the time, and people really loved that show. And I think that kind of turned his career back around. Yeah, definitely, it made him made him a TV star, no doubt. Yeah, he's he he's a good example of like a star who can't convert it to like being the star of a movie, like a Kiefer Sutherland type. You know, like you could be the star of a TV show and be a monster, but you can't carry a movie like some of like the movie star freaks can. Yeah, yeah, those are those are rare these days. Because this is a big movie too. I mean, the like Orion Pictures and Live Entertainment; those are they shared the rights for it. Those are big studios, you know, and um, it were. should have made more money. They they went under shortly after this, Orion. Yeah, yeah, they got bought out by MGM. Yeah, it's pretty sad, actually, because, you know, that was a cool studio that the, like, the people that ran it, I think it was, like, five guys from an agency, a talent agency, and they were contractually obligated to have free reign pretty much over like all the decisions made on movies and um they financed them themselves but then warner brothers had the distribution rights i believe and they would just they would allow filmmakers to have total autonomy pretty much with what they wanted to make and 
um, how they made it. And they produced a lot of good movies. I mean, like, without them, there'd be no RoboCop, Terminator I wrote down here, yeah. Silence of the Lambs, First Blood. Like, all the Woody Allen movies, they just let him do whatever he wanted. Like, it's sad that it basically couldn't sustain profitability. It Even though they were winning Oscars, like, they won couple Oscars in a row, I think, with like with Silence of the Lambs and um, Dances with Wolves, but then they just immediately went under after because of all the, you know, high risks they're taking. And even though the movies are critically acclaimed, they really a lot of them flopped. Yeah, it's it's too bad. And then Live Entertainment, they they did a lot of great movies. Um, I think uh, Reservoir Dogs yep. was was through Live Entertainment. Uh-oh. Yeah, and Trees Lounge is one that you like, right? Yep, yep. And uh, Blair Blair Witch obviously is a monster. Mm-hmm. Stir of Echoes, Open Your Eyes. That's a good Spanish movie that became Vanilla Sky a couple of years later. Like they they had some good ones. It's it's Lionsgate now. Yeah, it eventually became Lionsgate, and then yeah. Lionsgate's a juggernaut now. Basically, yeah, Lionsgate's the Saw. best. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The them and I would say Blumhouse just own. Horror, the the horror um, lane. Yeah, everything they do seems to be like either cult status or make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they got a handle on things. I'd say. Um, yeah, enjoyable movie. I'd say it. I felt kind of bad giving it the Abbey rating, but um, you know, it is is very close. Very close to being an Alice rating. Um, so what I do at the end of every episode is I play a little bit of of hip hop. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Name uh, four rap artists or or rap groups that you like, and I'll surprise you with the songs. It has to be rap groups. Uh, Can- group. Group or artists, any any hip hop artist group, any particular era, or can I do like my actual favorites? Um, you can, yeah, you can do your favorites. I usually pick out the songs from my iTunes because I I built up a really good uh, collection on iTunes back when I used to buy CDs. So a lot of my stuffs like uh, pre. 2012 i'd say but i might have some newer stuff Hmm, pre-2012 so you get like the the young versions of future and wiz khalifa on there right i got yeah i got some wiz the wiz is my favorite of all time okay yeah i got i got some wiz i can put on yeah wiz was he he was big. Actually, I remember him at the end of high school. He had that song "Say Yeah." Yep. Which sampled yeah. uh, "Better Off Alone." Dun. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that that song was great. Yeah. He was so awesome. Yeah, I'm, I wish he was still doing stuff. Yeah, he kind of yeah. It's it like I'm not as big of a fan of his newer stuff like i'll obviously listen but i go back and listen to the old stuff all the time like taylor alderdice still like probably my favorite mixtape ever i love cushion oj
live life sucker free That's why the niggas you be with talk down like they don't fuck with me I get money realistically And the homies show me love, groupies wanna lead a club with me Ain't nothing to a G Let your hair blow in the breeze, want some bomb ass weed Get high, cruise out of jet speed Do it like I do it for TV 675 Damier LVs Seven something with tax And when I'm on the plane, got the carry on the match Nigga, that's flash shit Tryna peep game, little homie, just watch this <laughs> Champagne in my cockpit Talking about you got a man, mommy, just stop it Please As we proceed to give you what you need To roll up on me I'm out here living it Out here living it Niggas know that we doing our thing Cause we out here getting it Out here getting it Where I rap the game been through so i know what i know i write bomb rap songs telling bitches what i'm into so the hoes won't roll first class road to another coast just to smoke kush i know a nigga who grows and that's on the real mama if you trying to slide gotta bring one for will just another day in the life another plane another night getting faded with another nigga wife drinking hella champagne sing a rave with the sprite then i'm up in the a.m to catch another flight niggas rapping the gang simply because everything else lame the fans want real niggas them hoes looking for change i seen it all player in the game first they biting the flow now they jacking all slaves i'm out here living it i'm Know that we doing our thing Cause we out here getting it Out here getting it Where I rap the game Just to lay low, make more money, man. 
That's the model for the mob. Need a blue job. My model get a model for the job. Go hard, no job. Hustler, no problem. Post up. Nigga, what? Finger off your whole squad. 40 round extend up. Flip it for my kinfolk. Luxury tax on them packs if you didn't know. Bought a new crib. Niggas feeling like I heat. 3.2, but I did it for the kids. More guns than a car shop. Got my whole arm rock. Keep the 760 double parked in the wrong spot. Still hustle, boss. Yeah, you gotta pay for this. I remember when I used to pray for this. This, this is classic. So shit you might not see again. And we taxing you on it, didn't leave it then. And we taxing you on it, didn't leave it then. Yeah, we ain't trying to see the pen. Like a needle in a haystack, we ain't trying to I see the pen. I don't ask baby, I just tax This is a luxury tax. Yeah, imagine this. No, imagine that. Gave me my sack like good luck getting back. I'm like the fuck I'm going out of there. And if I'm not careful, be the same place they find it at. And I'm a winner if I make it cross the finish line. Putting food on the table like it's dinner time. And this is what you call stereotyping by far. Can you tell me why your dog keeps sniffing my car? Got the audacity to call me a liar. what you got in your trunk. Oh, just a spare tire. You niggas talk blow. Well, I sold mine. Crabbers locking up in no time. More time in the kitchen than I spent in the studio. Can't spare dice. And I ain't talking about good no. Can't lie, still addicted to the odor. Got an ice cold pet, still thinking Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pay for this. I remember when I used to pray for this. This, this is classic, so this you might not see again. And we taxing you on it, didn't believe it then. And we taxing you on it, didn't believe it then. And we ain't trying to see the pen. Like a needle in a haystack, we ain't trying to see the pen. This is the luxury I'm up tax. early in the morning, and I'm dressed in black. Hold on. Every morning I get dressed in black. Well, y'all half ass in my pants sag. I'm getting money in my swag and black flagging. Million dollar status, fully automatic. Heavy on the hitty, even harder on the wedding. If it wasn't for rapping, I'd probably be pippin' and shit. Pops, my pappy, is already in me. Try trapping, shit sitting me in prison. Got mad and went to snapping, so homicide came to visit. I smell gunpowder, so you got one hour to come up with every damn dollar. Or your done dollar, it costs the ball, dog. Especially when the players on your team consider you as the ball hog. You treat me like Shaq and you Kobe. But I ain't saying you owe me, nigga, but act like you know me. Yeah, you gotta pay for this. I remember when I used to pray for this. This, this is classic. This was what you might not see again. And we taxing you on it, didn't believe it then. And we taxing you on it, didn't believe it then. And we ain't trying to see the pen. Like a needle in a haystack, we ain't trying to see the pen. This is a luxury tax. This could be something big. Luda, don't change the station. I've been impatiently waiting, pacing. Welcome to the danger zone. There's a war going on outside, and my people gotta paint their faces on. Do what I gotta do, and what I gotta do is work and flip a dollar. Ain't got no trophies, but I got a shelf for empty liquor bottles. Not an alcoholic, but alcoholic can ease the pain. Drinking all my problems away, but still praying in Jesus' name. Try to turn our voices up, and the government tones us down. Now the gas is going up, and the hood is going down. So the hood is coming. In the streets is hungry goons Coming to a neighborhood near you Today or someday soon Better watch your back 
Watch your front and watch your side to side. Better grab your gat like that blood. The streets gon' ride tonight. And I'm just gon' ride it out to my expiration date. Cause I go hard in the paint. They softer than paper plates. Make way for the revolution. And yes, you should be scared. Cause one way or another, my people will be heard. Show me the soldiers see. Embassy diplomacy. Sing, sing, infantry. Shooting at the Cobra fleet. Deploy shots similar to airbags. Whereas this hairpin trigger split a hair in half. Body bags fishy like heroin when I'm airing, tearing, sharing half. Watch it half baked at the cabin by the lake. See the blue and white plate. See the wood on the panel. Or maybe cherry oak, chili oak, flannel coat. Warfare never fair. Therefore, I need finer things like grenades, tanks, a couple fighter planes. I'm decorated in metals, stripes like a zebra. And by the way, you rapping niggas sound like you neither. I mean either proper grammar, pop a cameraman on that rap DVD propaganda. Yeah, Willie the Kid, I ain't one for the shenanigans. Niggas strike a pose, leave you froze like a mannequin. The economy got niggas thinking the worst to make paper. Cause somebody in a comment, they ain't niggas ain't enough for this slave labor. That's when you get a nigga thinking about. No, you gotta come into you. Just when a nigga throw a ski mask on, run up in your house and wanna do dumb shit to you. Rolling the dice is one nigga that be struggling, trying to make it through the crisis. It might just make him wanna act up a little bit, depending on the new gas prices. All this fuckery that we got going on, indeed, it needs to cease. How the hell is that ever, ever gonna happen when the value of the dollar keeps decreasing? Easing my hand in somebody's pocket. I gotta keep eating, speaking for everybody in the struggle like me. We gotta get it even if we cheating. Breathing hard, my mind is blown. Trying not to get evicted out my home. Trying to live when you know a nigga broke is like trying to squeeze blood out of stone. But I'm going through the drama with DJ Drama. I do it for my kids and my mama. Big up to Barack Obama. Changes right around the corner. Listen, you trying to keep our people suffering. All I gotta say is if y'all don't ease up this pressure, I promise somebody gonna pay. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit, huh? See, each and every day we all get closer to the real meaning. Me, myself, I always follow my own path. And now I come here to motivate, to be heard, means to say something of value. So I make this my life, my liberty, and every day my pursuit. Stop lying. You 
shit is not hot, man, and niggas not buying. It's not rocket science, but the way I rock it helped me build up my alliance. These niggas ain't playing in New York like the Giants. Huh? A little line to show love to the city that got no love. Don't wanna see a nigga grow, rather see a nigga hold up. That's cold blooded, well, never to fail. If you can make it here, you can make it from heaven to hell. I'm just a little nigga straight out the field. Always been sick, probably never get well. But no time soon. Step to a nigga, get four times two. Cause the way I spit it, leave your mind blue with more rhymes too. Nigga, you try who? Shit. Nigga, you try me? Bitch, I'm better than all them niggas you try be. Shit. Nigga, you try me? Bitch, I'm better than all them niggas you try be. Look, there's no time to chill, I'm trying to get meals. There's no time to chill, I'm trying to build. Bitch, there's no time to chill, I'm trying to get meals. There's no time to chill, I'm trying to build. Bitch, there's no time to chill, I'm trying to get meals. No time to chill, I'm trying to build. Bitch, there's no time to chill, I'm trying to get meals. No time to chill, nigga. Yeah.